Father and believe your word. That is a gift, Father, that we have received from you and that is your faith. Thank you, Lord, that you have given all of us the measure of faith, but we can always use that and invest it in you, and that's the best investment we can make. So we thank you for that, Lord. Bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Well, I I wasn't sure what to call this message because there's so many different things that God was beginning to reveal to me from it, but... I was thinking about uh, when faith meets fear, what do you do? When faith meets fear, what do you do? What do you do? There, There is this confrontation or this clash between kingdoms always. The kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God's dear son. The Bible says we've been translated from darkness to light. That means that translation means what? You speak another language. Amen. So keeping that in mind. There is one language that is spoken in the kingdom of darkness. And another spoken in the kingdom of light. So what language you adopt determines where your investment is. What kingdom you're invested in. The language of faith is always the language of God's word. It's always the language of God's word. And it is a language of the Holy Spirit spoken in confidence toward God. It is a confident voice of assurance that God will come through for you. Got it? So we have to remember that this translation means that we are uh, a different language when we're in faith. In a different spirit when we're in faith. Daryl, come on now, help me out. You can't you can't keep doing that to me, brother. It's distracting. Alright. No, you'll 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 obey, okay? Just keep keep silent for me, please. So when we're translated from one kingdom to the next, we move from one kingdom to to the next dependent upon what we speak and how we speak it. It's very important. If you hide the word in your heart that word will be released in all situations. So there's homework to do. There's kingdom people. There's homework to do. And that homework is hiding God's word in your heart. Hmm? Hiding it in your heart through meditation on it. When it's hard to believe God, that's the best time to get in the Word. It's the best time to get in the Word. See, we all know this because we've done this for years. You did that when you first got saved, and then somehow you got pulled away or distracted from it and kind of never came back to the way it was when you first met Him. But there should be that expectation of God to come through for you, that excitement for God, that desire and and ability. I can remember when I was first saved and, and I was so accustomed to having to do everything myself and then all of a sudden I were I said, Oh, you know what, I can pray. And the Holy Spirit was the one who was reminding me 
So we have really no excuse. I mean you don't have to remind yourself anything. The Bible says the Holy Spirit brings to our remembrance those things that we need to do. But we need to do our diligence in hiding the word in our heart. Allowing God to minister the truth of that word to us through revelation. And through you know meditation really does that. Meditation really keeps that you focused on that word until God releases understanding to you. That's really what meditation is. It is not sitting somewhere and just saying it over and over and over again by mental works of the of your carnal mind. But it is allowing that word to settle inside of you and then expecting God to come with an answer with understanding and and with a further uh, uh, expounding on that so that the revelation of the understanding is clear to you you have to get some kind of clarity from God on these things in meditation so I would say meditation really expands the meaning of certain scriptures it begins to uh, increase your understanding I can go through sermons that I preached in the past and I can look at one sentence I wrote down and God will show me more than what he showed me the last time why because God's knowledge is infinite he, he's always got something new for you and it blows my mind because I think I said my all that was in there and it's like he's saying you ain't seen nothing yet you know I got so much more to show you <clears throat> when I was a kid I always liked smart men you know I liked please we couldn't have a conversation if we couldn't have a conversation you know and uh and my husband tricked me into thinking he was smart so (laughs) isn't that me (laughs) well he's in heaven he can have a good laugh about it too if he knows what's going on (laughs) tricked me into thinking (laughs) <laughs> he was real smart <laughs> well he read a lot you know he liked reading and so I said well anybody who reads is smart enough yeah you know. and he made good money he always made good money and he kept up with every penny he made much to my chagrin <laughs> I was hoping he'd forget about something he never did but that's a whole nother story I digress but what was I talking about let me get back to <laughs> when I was growing up I liked smart men why was I saying that <laughs> I don't know but anyway huh? oh yeah I ain't seen nothing yet right 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 right. yeah so uh, but you know I, I was always looking to my husband to, to tell me extraordinary things he never did so I was so glad to meet the Lord because then I could sit at the feet of Jesus and listen all day long you know he never ran out of stuff to tell me and show me and uh, learning was always a joy and a delight for me and so it was always a good thing you know that I I had God to commune with in fact everything I can think of that I wanted in life it came through God it didn't come through people sometimes he would use people for certain aspects of it but he's never going to let man outdo him in your life you forget it and so even too if he sees us depending too much on other human beings he will step in and stop it because huh? he knows how to get the glory he knows how to get the 
the glory. So God is 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 there for us in all things and he wants us to be able to receive our inheritance by faith it's about your receiving what he's promised you and so we we have to understand that so when faith meets fear what do you do faith is always your faith is always having a, a clash with fear Fear comes through and from the God of this world and it comes through this world system. It comes through events that are, are typical and common in the world. These things are not extraordinary. Uh, the first thing the enemy wants to make you think when, when you have challenges in life is that somebody's being unfair to you. Or you're facing something that that nobody else has faced and all of this is so hard for you and it's so bad and all this kind of stuff. He likes you to feel singled out and somehow disadvantaged. And in that way he can point the finger at God. See he wants to accuse God to us just like he accuses us to God. You got me? And so when those things happen, you know what, sweetie, if the baby needs changing or something, you feel free to go in my office over there, okay? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I just want to let you know that, okay? Yeah, alrighty, sure. So, it, you know, when, when the enemy always wants to stir up, he likes family trouble. And he's jealous because we are God's children. We are God's family. And he likes to disturb family life. So there's no love. He wants people to feel feel like he does. And he's unloved. And he's dispossessed. Of course he caused his own problems. But then he likes to cause the same problem for us. You know the old adage misery loves company is quite true here. You know because he wants everybody else miserable like he is. And he wants to estrange us from God again. Because he's angry. That God got us back from him. So he keeps trying to estrange us from God. So when, when, when challenge, I call them challenges. I don't call them problems. I, did, I used to call them problems, but they're not problems anymore. They're just challenges to our faith. This is something that's coming up against my faith. And it's up to me to use my faith to overcome this challenge. And I'm capable of doing it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so when we understand what's going on, we, we won't shrink back from using our faith we won't let fear overtake us and and beat us down because i'm telling you once you give in to that fear and you walk away from using your faith the devil will will do bigger and bigger and bigger things it won't get easier to use your faith you can't select how you're going to use your faith because it's never going to get easier to use it it's always going to get harder so the best thing to do is keep our faith out there at all times. Now in Hebrews 11 in verse 1 it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And it says that the elders in, in the Bible obtained a good report through that. That's how they re- get a good report from God. It says through faith we understand certain things you understand supernatural things by faith 
first example is the world was framed by the word of God. That's supernatural. So that's how you understand that by faith. That's why people who are not faith people or not believers will uh, will challenge you on how the earth was made. We got whole books written on trying to explain how the earth was made without that supernatural answer. And that's because you must have faith in God in order for the right answer to come to you. You got me? So you get the right answer when you have faith. By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. In other words, faith enables you to do the right thing when everybody else is doing the wrong thing. Huh? That's how you do that. You do it by faith. You have to have a confidence in the God that you serve. And you'll do the right faith. In verse 6 if you'll drop down there it says. But without faith. Without that. It is impossible to please God. Huh? Or when you come to God for something. You come to God for salvation. Or help or answers. First of all you got to believe God's alive. You're not coming to a dead God. You must believe he is. That means he exists. And he is alive. He's not some historical figure. But he can answer you because he's alive right now. And that he's a rewarder. Not a taker awayer. Not a cheater. Not a punisher. But he is a rewarder. So if you know that you diligently, if of those who diligently seek him. So if you keep it up, if you keep obeying God, if you keep pursuing God, if you don't quit, don't get fearful, don't faint, be diligent. Know what diligent means? Think about your last person you dated. I don't care how long ago it's been. But they kept telling you they wasn't interested in you. Or they kept going with somebody else. And you said, ah, they like me anyway. I don't, they just look hard. They look tough customer. I got something for them. I'm going to show him. That's diligence, okay? God wants you to pursue him just like you pursued that last person that kicked you to the curb. And you kept calling them anyway. Honey, we all have one in our history somewhere. I don't care how much of a hot tamale you say you were. You, you're just a fool. You know you're in love. Yeah, right. That, that's it. That was you. You know you listen to your Tina Turner sitting up there and thinking about you. Yeah, that's me. That's me. Call him up again. Get him on the speed dial. Absolutely. So that's the way God wants you to pursue him diligently, foolishly, relentlessly pursuing him. And he rewards you for it. You get a reward this time. You don't get dumped. You don't get kicked to the curb. huh? You don't get embarrassed because they take somebody else to the prom. But you get rewarded this time. He rewards those who diligently. huh? Rewards the diligent. So God says you please him when you use your faith. If you will step up to the plate and believe God even in the face of adversity. You will be able to to receive what God has for you. So our faith must always be advanced toward God in order for him to be pleased with us. It can never be held back. It can never be bound in fear. And it certainly cannot ever be invested 
in the world system if we are going to please God. If we approach God in doubt he is not pleased. And if we waver he's not pleased. Now why is it so important to please God? Well, Why is it important to please anybody? God's you know you please your boss. You have to think about that. I mean sometimes if your boss doesn't look at you right or smile at you right. A little, little something goes off in your mind. You start wondering. huh? It's important to please God. We don't talk about it a lot because we want to believe that we're okay with God all the time. But you let some an answer be slow coming, or you let something happen that you you wonder, what did I do wrong? Is the first thing, and that really what you're saying is, did I please God? You wonder if you please God. You know that that's just the way it is. And if we withdraw our faith in fear, He's not pleased. If you choose fear to go the way of fear, if you let fear dictate to you and lead you off somewhere, instead of standing. And extending your faith toward God. He's not pleased. So we we must please him. That's the bottom line. We've got to please him. When we please him. Then we can take on his attributes. You take on his faith. You take on his peace. You take on his reassurance. You take on his character. It comes through you. And it begins to, to, you begin to embody that and you can walk in it and you can share in that. <clears throat> so where is your faith? That's what, that's what Jesus asked the disciples. We're going to go to Luke 8 first and I'm going to read that but I think I'm going to minister more from the same, same, same account but in the book of Mark. And so in Luke 8.25 it says here, let me get Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke. 8. And 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said to them this. Now this is the word of the Lord to them. This is like a walking prophetic word 24-7. Let us go over to the other side of the lake. Now everything Jesus said always came to pass. He said let's go to the other side. And they launched forth. So they used their faith to obey the word of God that was given to them. They launched forth. But as they sailed he fell asleep and there came down a storm of wind on the lake and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy or troubled or scared or it looked like they were going to drown. They came to him and awoke him saying master master we perish. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water and they ceased and there was a calm. And he said to them where is your faith? Jesus knows where his faith is at all times. But he wants to know where ours is. The question is not what he's doing. It's what you're doing. Always. And so it says... Where is your faith? And they being afraid wonder saying one to another what manner of man is this? For he commands even the winds and water and they obey him. 
And if you turn over to the book of Mark, and that's where we'll we'll study for a bit. In Mark chapter, I think it's still four, four and starting in thirty-five. Okay. Now, what you see in this example is the natural or fear. Fear always comes from the kingdom of darkness. The Bible says God didn't give it to us. Anything God doesn't give you, you have a right to refuse. And my advice is this. If he didn't give it to you, run very quickly from it because it's usually trouble. It's usually more trouble for you if you don't obey the leading of God and if God has not prepared these things for you. You know, I always tell people, I don't like surprises because I, I walk with God and I already have a sense of what's coming. Now he can do exceeding abundantly beyond all I ask or think, but the prayer has to be initiated by me. You got me? It's not like, oh, Fabio called you this morning. Really? (laughs) I didn't ask for him. You got me? Come on now. Let's let's get with it, gang. God is not going to surprise you with, with, you know, uh, somebody that's the one for you all of a sudden just dropped out of nowhere. You understand what I'm saying? You gotta, you better pray, huh? Cause it's till death do you part. You know, it's a very, very serious, uh, commitment. It's a serious thing. It's not something you just jump into. In fact, preachers will tell you, we try to pack as much as we can into marriage vows. This is not, uh, an institution to be taking ill-advisedly or, or, you know, frivolously or something like that. In other words, this is not a joke. This is a commitment, a lifetime commitment. And so you have to understand that when, when certain things happen, they happen on a program, on a, on a, a faith kind of a, a thing where you've extended your faith for something and that something is, is built by God and it comes into your life based on your faith. It doesn't come in, just drop in all of a sudden. You ask anybody who's received an answer to prayer if it if they started praying yesterday and most people will tell you absolutely not. I've been working on this thing for a while now, you know, and I just got, you know, two arms and a leg of it and the, the rest of it's coming. You understand what I'm saying? You can almost see it being built block by block, step by step, etc., etc. And so when we understand these things, we'll understand how important it is to when when the world comes to us with some type of fear that we can confront that thing with our faith and cause it to line up our life to line up with God's word and not get involved in anything that's not supposed to be there you know not get involved with the world's fear or the world's system or you know let fear start running your life or if I don't do this I don't know what's going to happen or if I don't you know do this I don't know what's going to happen your life is not supposed to run like that your life is supposed to run like it very 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 uh, confident in God the expectation of God should be on your heart at all times for good things God doesn't intimidate us he doesn't tell us you you better do this or I'm gonna you know (laughs) come on now he's a gracious and a good heavenly father and he expects us to respond in that way and so when we when we get into these situations where the natural 
or the dark kingdom begins to try and overwhelm us or confront our faith then we have a decision to make do you advance your faith or do you shrink back in fear the the your response at times like this will will mean the difference of a lifetime of blessing peace and pleasure or a lifetime of shipwreck or a season of shipwreck until God can get you right back again you know I'm not saying God won't help you and God won't order your your steps are right again but some people just never wake up to the fact that they've made a wrong turn somewhere and want to get that corrected because they've been intimidated by life circumstances so in Luke 8 25 that's where I'm sorry Mark is where I want to go keep coming back there again Mark 4 starting in verse 35 it says here <clears throat> in that same day when the evening was come so it's dark out how many of you know things are a lot spookier at night than they are in the daytime and that's just the way people are we we work work by natural sight a lot and I'm telling you that you're going to have to lose more and more confidence in what you see in the natural and have more and more invested in what you cannot see because faith is the substance of things that are not seen they come from the unseen realm because God has our riches saved for us out in a realm called glory they're laid up for you is what the Bible says in other words you got a closet full of nice clothes that only fit you that God will send you if you use your faith if you go around begging all the time you might get something that don't fit hallelujah huh I used to I remember when we were new in the ministry and I was always trying to get gifts for people there's one person I would get things for and they would never fit there was always they complained about them constantly and so I thought to myself and God says well she doesn't use her faith for anything he said she doesn't use her faith he said you're only going to be able to please people so much if they're faithless you got me and so what happens is that in faithlessness there's no good expectation there's no expectation of good and I don't care how nice it is how much you paid for it how well you think it fits it's never right because people need to have something invested in it so that it fits their life it will not fit your life if you don't have your faith invested in it this won't happen and so when we understand this we'll understand how important it is to respond in faith in all situations and not shrink back and not withdraw it and not pull back because we think that it's too scary or it's too spooky or it's too hard or you know it'll never work and God will never do this for me etc etc we can't let that stop us in fact the more difficult it is for you the more you need to invest your faith you need to invest your faith because you can't do it on your own remember those days when you asked God for everything because you you felt so uh, impotent and those days are always on us we need to always see life like that you can't do anything without trusting him to bring it right into your life so in in uh in Mark 
in the, in Mark in, in the first verse it says here in 35 where he said let us go over to the other side. Now here we have a, a prophecy. Jesus is really saying we're going over there. Okay. I'm going and you're going with me. Okay? We're going to get to the other side. So God puts his vision inside. You're going to get there. When you get a word from God you'll get there. But you better believe that word. You better embrace it. And you better understand one thing. That as soon as you embrace that word the devil comes with his strong arms to try to get you unlocked from it. And to let go of it. That's his job. Why does he do that? Because he just liked that. He likes to mess things up. He likes to steal, kill, and destroy. So the first thing he'll try to do is steal the word of God from you. And steal you from obeying it. And steal you from holding on to it. All the disciples had to do was hold on to what Jesus told them initially. And not let go. That's what faith is. But see what they probably did when they heard him say that. Was they said "Mm, we're getting a free ride. Let's just hop on. Amen. Amen. See, now some of them may have invested faith in it. But trust me, if they saw this man work miracles, they've seen him do everything. Their first inclination to just jump in the boat. We don't have to, we don't have to believe nothing. Let's just go. It's a free ride, see. There is no free ride in God's kingdom. You have to always be invested in your faith in God's kingdom. That's why life circumstances upset and provoke people. Because they have their faith over somewhere in neutral or in the closet in a you know high up on a shelf you know preserving it for who knows when. <clears throat> Don't use it all the time. Uh-huh. When I get to heaven I want my faith to be the most beat up looking piece of whatever it is looking like up there. It's going to be used, used again and used again and again and again. Because I've made good use of it. I don't want it to look like a trophy sitting in a glass case somewhere. And take it to Jesus and say look what I did. I hid this from everything you told me to do. And I brought it just like you gave it to me. I want mine to have signs of use. Huh? Signs of extreme use. Huh? And so when they get in the boat. They probably just all jump in. Hmm? So teach you. So teach you to consistently use your faith because there is no free ride. When the enemy sees you trying to get God's word to work without putting faith in it. You know how we do. Get a word from God and start speaking it over and over again. Or we play it over and over again in unbelief. You have your faith mixed in with that. You can't just, I don't care how, see the first thing will happen when something great comes to you from God. The first thing that will happen to you is your ears will want to shut it down. Because you think you got to bring it to pass. And if you continue like that, you won't have enough faith mixed with that word to please God so that he can do it for you. That's what we're doing. We're pleasing God so that he can bring it to pass. We're not bringing it to pass ourselves with our faith. huh? People will say uh, your faith. What we used to say. Your faith is uh, uh, or it causing it to manifest or something. Something we used to say that made it sound like you had to work at something. All you have to do is put your faith in God and please him. 
You know what pleasing him means? There were certain things that when my husband was alive, he passed away 10 years ago, but when he was alive, there were certain things I knew that would bring it home for the girl. You got me? Now, if you're married to somebody and you ain't figured out what it is yet, let's just go back to female tricks 101 or 0089 or whatever they teach you. Whatever it is that will bring it home for you is that thing that made you real mad the first time he told you to do it. That's what you need to do. It's the same thing with God. Whatever it is that upsets you that you have to do it to please God. That's what you need to do. That's what's going to bring it home for you. Without it you can't please him. And if you don't please him he won't get out and bring it to you. He won't dispatch angels to bring it to you. You keep hiding your faith from God and see what happens. And we do it in the offering. You know, offering comes. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have. I don't have. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Got it? And we know that we know that we know that you've asked God for a zillion and one things. You're expecting Him to do great big things for you. And you're hiding your faith because you you don't believe you have enough. Well that's the time to put it out there. You put out what you have. All our examples in the Bible are people who were way over their head in debt. Or way over their head in problems. Or way over their head in something. And the prophet said what do you have? Well they didn't get scared and get mad and run away the ones who got something. The ones who got something either minimized on what they had or thought it wasn't worth nothing. But they put it out there. You got me? You put it out there and you let God work with what you have. He's not looking for big things from you. He's looking for you to be confident in him. He says show me some confidence in me. Show me you really want me to do this. Show me something. So I can bring it home to you. That's the way he is. He knows what you have. And he doesn't want you hiding it from him anymore. He said give it up. Well I was holding on to this so I can get Christmas. I don't care what you were holding on to it for. You better let it go. Because if your situation is demanding it. And you know you don't have enough. You better let God have it. To show him that you trust him. You trust him that he's good. You trust him he's a giver. You trust him that he's going to do it for you. That's how you get extraordinary things from God. That's how you get it. You get it by trusting him with what you have. Even though you know it's inadequate to do what you need to do in the natural. He's not expecting you to do it. He's expecting him to do it. But he does it for his kids that please him. He's got to see that you trust him. He's got to see some confidence. He's just got to see it. If you don't show it to him, he's not pleased with you. At all. At all. And so when God begins to put that demand, you know, on us to show us something, he wants to see it. He's got to see it in order for you to get what you need. You're going to have to give it up, kids. Huh? You're going to have to show God you trust him. And so <clears throat> he said let's go over to the other side. When they had sent away the multitude. 
they took him even as he was in, in the ship and there were also with them other little ships so there's a fleet of ships here that are on their way to the other side and there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that was now full so this boat is filling up fast because of the wind now there are several things they could do come on now get some buckets and bail out bail out as fast as it comes in I mean you know if you're in the natural huh? so it, you know it's full and, and Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep I'm telling you when you trust God you're not disturbed you're not easily moved you're not easily moved and Jesus was back there asleep on a pillow and they come and disturb him and wake him up and they said this to him don't you care don't you care about us God don't you why is this happening to me why am I always the one who why is this always why why am I left out when is it going to be my turn when am I going to get something when am, when am I going to have to stop being the one who's always last with this and last with that and can't do this and get, when is it what 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 don't you care see whenever the natural circumstances look bad or we got a bill come in that we didn't know we had or the devil sticks a pothole you know under your car or you know they come and tell you you're you know it's like I had my car towed and at the end of it the repair was almost a thousand dollars well you know it started out I was thinking maybe a couple hundred and it kept going up and up and up and up and up so what do you do you use your faith you call on God you don't worry about I never worry about what anything are you kidding me after all these years I learned that much <laughs> you don't worry about what things cost I'm not paying for it anyway God's my source and my supply whatever I have for income that's not my source you got me God is my source God taught me years ago when we, we first had our remember our old motor homes we used to take all our stuff around in God taught me then you know you had to give them pet names may remind you not to cuss them out when they you understand what I'm saying it was baby it baby it baby anyway that kind of stuff and so <laughs> he taught me how not to shrink back in fear because we we had gotten to the conference and we got here it kind of broke down and here we are having to put money out for this big meeting you know which is always a challenge that challenge never goes away for us you know and then we got a, a repair facing us and so I was sitting there and you know Tone and Howard and they were always in trouble with something you know as like you know you go and leave them the even when we rented buses remember we went to Benny Hinn they let some old ladies drop or something like that I'm saying oh man and every time the two of them would come up to me I'd look I'd say oh brother what's what is this Ace and Gary here we go again and so <laughs> y'all ain't supposed to know who they are but anyway but but you know it's, it's kind of like when is this going to stop and so God just shook me 
And I said, okay, let's get it repaired. We're going to do this. Just go put it in and we'll get it repaired. God paid the bill. I don't even remember how he did it, but I know he did it. Because when it was time for us to, to move everything back, that truck was ready and it was paid for. You got me? And so God taught me. And he's not, you never figure this out sitting down and step by step put my faith together and I figure out and I feel good about it. He teaches you in life situations. You don't get away with that like kind of like school book type learning stuff. If you pass the test and get the grade you think you know everything. No. By the time you get done with this you're going to know less and trust God more. You got me? And so anyway, God puts them in these situations to test their faith. And a faith test can come up at any time. You don't you don't get a, a you know an exam date. You know, a date for finals when everything has to be in and all this kind of you don't get that. They could pop up at any time. So their faith here is being tested. Now, when they get in the ship, And this storm comes up. When storms arise, we need to know the first thing you need to accept is that this is common to man. Nobody's picking on you. This is not an extraordinary circumstance. You're not being singled out. You're not, nothing ever goes well for me. That's a lie. You get a lot of things that you don't even believe God for. Because you're usually riding on somebody else's faith. I don't even remember praying for this. No. Somebody else probably did. You got me? (laughs) Or you prayed in the Holy Ghost. He knew what you needed. Amen. So when, when, when God gives us a promise. How many of you have gotten prophecies? And the first thing that comes to your mind is. Ooh. Smooth sailing. You don't ever think problems, you don't ever, unless you're pretty smart in God, you know, the first thing I wonder is what's this going to cost me. But I've used my faith anyway, you know, that little little naughty voice in there, the little guy with the horns says, I wonder what this is going to cost me. You know what I'm saying, you know that, that you're going to have to stretch yourself out and be somewhat uncomfortable. But I believe what happened to the disciples is they just decided for the free ride. They just said, let's jump in the boat. Let's go. You heard him say, let's go to the other side. And they expected smooth sailing. See, because Jesus is in the ship with us and he can do anything. Man, we have seen him feed all them people and rebuke devils and do all this stuff. But, you know, I, I know he can take care of anything. So we're just going to get in here, hide our faith and let him use his all the way. You got me? I'll get in here I'll hide my faith and I'll let Jesus take us over and we won't have to do anything but ride the minute you think you're getting a free ride in God's kingdom trouble is going to loom up real fast remember Job does he serve you for nothing you put a hedge around everything he owns he's never been tested on any of this stuff He's just gotten a free ride all the time. Whenever you expect a free ride or you anticipate a free ride, the devil's going to jump. He has permission, blanket permission to mess with you. Because God wants more than anything for you to quit putting your faith away and use it every single time. You got me? There is never anything that you don't use your faith in God for. 
that you don't have to uh, assert some kind of confidence in God. Huh? See, this will blow your mind because most people think, well, when the biggie comes. Or in money things, we always want to use our faith where money is concerned. Health is next. We're a little slack on health, but money's always at the top of the list. You want to use it for money, want to use it for our job, for promotions, for all of that, but everything else is a distant second to those things. So when it when it when you talk about your your health or self control or or things of that nature, things that are are not quite. As, as we think damaging to us but they are you know you talk too much you you know say bad things to people you short with your patience and all that that costs you too you got me but we don't like using our faith for those things we just think that's not as big sometimes that will rob you more then the you know then the, that might be the root of the money problem for some people. You understand me? It's not operating in love. Faith works by love, so it's all important. You need you to use your faith for everything. You know, you have situations where certain people you don't like. You need to use your faith for that. You need to use your faith that you're going to be in peace in your heart with them, and, and you're going to show them love. All those things you got to use it for everything, and God will make sure that He gets you in situations where you must use your faith. So He wants us to live by faith in Him. So they were expecting to have a smooth ride over to the other side, because of course Jesus said we were going. So so let's just get in the boat and go. And then the storm arises. Not unusual but very common. Common situations will often impose themselves on our otherwise peaceful way of life. This is the testing. It's not that you don't need to take it as anything more than that. Like I wonder what I did to cause this. I could list you probably 15 things and you could probably list 30. You got me? But that's not what it's about. You don't go backwards in trying to. What are you going to do about it anyway? You better figure out how to get out of something. You got me? If you're drowning somewhere, you don't want to say, well, how did I slip off of this? Nobody who is drowning tries to figure out how they slipped off of that and got in there. They're trying to survive. Absolutely. And that's all you need to figure out. You know that's nothing but old religious waste of time. I wonder what the uh, what door did I open? You opened a zillion of them. Every door you got is open to the devil. Are you kidding me? Sometimes you need to wonder how you didn't get snatched up and eaten up by him. Huh? So the storm is not unusual, but it's very common. The minute the word is sown, these disciples had this word of the Lord sown to them. In their hearts, the Bible says immediately when it's sown, the enemy comes to steal it out. So what the devil did is jumped on everybody and said, I don't care who you think you're riding with tonight, you ain't getting over there. Huh? And God let them. So these common situations often impose themselves on our otherwise peaceful way of life. Huh? You ever get in front of the TV with the remote, put your feet up, you've been trying to get there all day and get the popcorn and sit it right there in the Diet Coke. You know what I'm saying. If you're smart, uh, you know, a sweet tay sitting right there and and all of a sudden the phone rings. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Your otherwise peaceful way of life is disturbed by common situations. Common situations. They were convinced because they were in the boat with Jesus that nothing bad would happen on the way over. They did not have their confidence in the supernatural ability of God. Hmm? I know that when we have faith in Jesus. huh? But they were just riding along. They weren't in faith. You know how I know it? It will come up in a minute. Okay. So <clears throat> when there is no natural shelter. There is always the shadow of the Almighty. If we'll appropriate that by faith. See this has to be done by extending your faith. Hmm? We can get this security through putting our faith in God. And you can put it in him at any time. Hmm? Now Jesus being asleep. What does that really mean? That means his confidence was in God the Father. That's what that means. Them being awake means that theirs wasn't. So they give themselves away. By not being peaceful and restful. See, if they'd taken the same posture as Jesus, they would have had their faith in the right place. Huh? They would have had their faith in the right place. Jesus wasn't going to drown. If he was sleeping on that boat, that meant somehow that boat was going to empty itself, and they would. If they hadn't woke him up, your best bet is to get down there where he is, is and pre- shut your eyes anyway. Pretend you're sleeping. Try to, you know, you understand what I'm saying? But I'm telling you, these people are in there in the flesh. Many times Jesus would catch the disciples in the flesh, thinking things that were carnal, thinking things in the natural, trying to figure out things in the natural. Many times, just because you walk around, listen, don't think just because you walk around with the preacher, drive the preacher around, you do everything right. You got me? I mean, it's, it's, and the preacher don't either, but in this case, he did. But all I'm saying is that you can't borrow security in God from somebody just because you're close to them. And you can't borrow faith in God from somebody just because you're around them. You've got to have yourself invested in that. And that's what the disciples found out. They were no more invested in faith and in, in getting over to the other side than you and I are sitting reading this right now. So when Jesus is sleeping, that means that his confidence is in God the Father. He's already seen himself getting over to the other side in one piece. And he hasn't wavered from that. They interpret it to mean that he doesn't care about them. The fact that, and this is what what gets us into trouble as believers with people. They'll tell us things that are out of whack in their lives to get a certain reaction out of us. And if they don't get it, they think something's wrong with us. So they'll accuse you of not caring. Accuse you of being mean. Especially when you tell them let's pray and God will change it. You tell them something contrary to what they want to believe and you're the enemy all of a sudden. And so when he was sleeping they interpreted it to mean that they didn't care about him because they said it. Master don't you care that we're going to die? How can you just lay there and sleep and we die? Which means that his faith was in one kingdom and theirs was in the opposite. Their their faith is in the kingdom of darkness. What they see, hear, feel, and experience by the natural man. Jesus' faith was in God. God the Father. And he always taught them that. 
Many, and they were angry at him too. Because he was peaceful. And they were upset. Hmm? You get that from people. You get peaceful. And they're upset. Yeah, I would have people come to the altar and ask for prayer. And if I was smiling. So well, don't laugh. I said I didn't laugh. I smiled. You should be smiling too. Then you come here for an answer. You can come if you upset the preacher. We all lost. You think I'm gonna sit up and cry like you are, like an idiot? And I'm trusting God here for you. I said, "What do you want? An answer? You want me to get in the mix with you? I ain't getting in there. It's enough people over in that hell hole. Serious. <laughs> God's peace always upsets the devil. Always." His faith upsets the devil. The Bible says the Amplified translates it as by faith Noah passed judgment on the whole world. Noah's faith caused the rest of them people to die. If he didn't use his faith he'd have been dead too. Because the world was coming to an end. But by faith he passed judgment on the rest of the world and he survived. Huh? He did. One man's faith was able to do that. God decided okay I'll use him and I'll save the few that want to be saved. And that's it. That's it. So the disciples come to him complaining instead of believing. Got me? They're angry that he's peaceful. That he's in faith. Jesus knows he's getting to the other side. He believes every word he says. Because God the Father backs it up. Huh? We need to believe the same way. But oftentimes we don't. Hmm? We put our faith in natural because we're so upset because something bad happens. You need to set your expector to include overcoming. Don't be so upset when something bad happens. Just set your, your faith timer to include time to overcome. Huh? Mm-hmm. So my mother used to say when we would do something bad, she said, Well, I got time to kick your butt. She said, I knew you was gonna do this. So I guess <laughs> she said her time or to whoop somebody because she knew something was gonna go on. Huh? She never was in too big a hurry for that. Huh? So <clears throat> so they come to him complaining instead of believing. And accusing him instead of using their faith. So we accuse God of not being loving, not being giving, instead of using our faith. There's something about people who who move in faith that disturbs people who are not. And they sometimes they make it their mission to tear that down. You know, they just want to claw at it and gnaw at it and instead of getting in faith too. They somehow want to destroy the faith that's there. Now, <clears throat> Jesus got a lot of flack from them because he was the leader. And this happens to all leaders. In your home as parents, you're going to have this. You try to make your kids stand in faith, they're going to fight you for it. Why? Because it upsets their world. You know their world of disappointment and fear and all of those things. They'd rather be comfortable in the carnal world than to step out of that and start using their faith. They did this to Moses, Joshua, David. You know list is long. 
Leaders have always gotten this when they use their faith. Instead of taking responsibility to use their own faith, they accuse the leader in the face of fear. Because they want to have everything line up. Fear somehow wants to consume the whole situation. Fear is not satisfied to be on one person. It wants to rule and take over, you know, and just run the whole thing. This is how you have, this is why these the devil does these outbursts of, of, of uh, murder and, and slaughter. You know, the more horrific he can make it, the more he likes it. Because he's trying to envelop this whole nation in fear. And when he can get Christians talking stupid, you got me, instead of praying. Which if we prayed even a little bit. Everybody, You understand what I'm saying? We could move mountains with that little bit. But we always have pockets of people that are committed to prayer. Can never get the whole. Now what we can get the whole body of Christ wanting is more money. Which we never get. You got me? Because that takes faith in God too. I triple dog dare you to go get anything. In fact you can have money in the bank. And the devil will steal a large portion of it. Just because you're trusting in your riches. So you can't get anything done down here. Without faith in God. Are you kidding me? Look at all those people. You realize the wealth that was lost. When uh, one World Trade Center went up. All those safe deposit. Man the safe deposit boxes that burned. And the insurance people that had to pay out if they had things listed, there were things that people hiding stuff in them safe deposit boxes they thought would never get discovered. All of it burned up. Why? Trusting in riches. You can have it in the safest place you want to have it on this earth. And the devil will still find a way to take it. Might take him a while, but he'll find a way to take it. So here they are complaining to Jesus and accusing him. Everything instead of using their faith. You see the damage you do to yourself when you hide your faith from God. You know we start hiding it in, in areas where we're scared. It's always money. You know, and I'm trying to get you to understand and see that when you when you in when you take your your faith and put it in God, it's an investment in your future. See, you're investing in your future. You're not taking your last money and giving it to the church it's so silly you're investing in your future because you have needs every day and you're going to have more needs in the future and so in in the future is uncertain you can see how your present is just uncertain from one situation to the next you don't know what might come up but you do know that you'll be able to overcome it because of who you have your faith invested in. See, this is why we're not afraid. We're not trying to ward off evil spirits and all this kind of nonsense and make sure nothing bad happens. I've covered every this in the blood and covered this and covered it. You understand what I'm saying? But you're an overcomer. You're not scared of anything. You don't fear evil tidings. Your heart is fixed because you trust in him. Get faith in him. You don't care what the devil comes up with. You know, we first time we ever had a check bounced. $10,000 in debt because a check bounced. Huh? I didn't like it. Took me a minute to get over it. I was pretty ticked off. 
But I knew I had to roll with it. You know the best I could. You just roll with things. And you keep doing what you know is right to do. Now me and God are not going to fall out about that kind of money. Not at this point. Not at this point. And you keep sowing. You keep believing. You keep doing. Huh? You do what you need to do. Until God comes through for you. And that's what you do. When he comes through there's great rejoicing. Because you know that you know that you know that you didn't let evil tidings stop you from doing what God wants you to do. And it's not because he, oh, the devil's acting up. We must be getting ready to have a great conference. I don't even think like that. He just got act up in him. That's his first name. Devil is his second name. Oh, we're just getting ready to have just a wonderful time in the Lord because he's acting up. Mm-hmm. You can't bank on how he you know you lay down and roll over and he'll show you what a good time he'll have on you he'll kill you if he can don't be taking cues from the from the dark side you know all this superstition we must be getting ready to have a real good meeting because the devil's really kicking up kicks up anyway and if you let him you're gonna have a bad meeting you keep letting thinking that because he's acting up something good's gonna happen he likes that kind of thinking because that gives him permission to act up more. Now I'm going to choke him. I get my hands around his neck. I'm choking him to death. Stomping his head. Giving him a concussion. Trust me. And you know how I do it? By giving to God. I give God more time. More effort. More energy. More witnessing. More everything. More. Why? Because I know he wants me to shrink back and quit. Hmm? Not just me, but everybody. It's not because I'm doing such wonderful things. And, oh, this is so extraordinary. What she's doing, I know the devil's going to do something. He's going to stop you too. You keep talking like that. Giving him power. Uh-huh. So instead of taking responsibility for the disciples, for them to use their faith, they rather accuse the leader because they're in fear. When life circumstances are adverse, the temptation to try and, and, and put pressure on our lives, <clears throat> and, and we try, the temptation really is for you to try to preserve your own life. Some kind of way. I got to hold on to this because if I let go of this and give, give it to God, I'm just going to really. That's the temptation. But the kingdom works by you losing your life. God, take it all. Huh? Though you slay me, I will still trust you. Huh? I trust you. Because I know if I give it to you, it's going to increase, multiply, and you'll give it back to me. That's where you need to think. Instead of thinking fear and lack, and if I let go of this, oh, it's going to be the end of the world because I won't have a... God doesn't operate like that. You know better. But when you're fearful, you don't even think like that. So the kingdom works through you losing your life. Not trying to find it and not trying to save it. So when you step out in faith, you lose your ability to preserve what you have. And you trust God in everything. Huh? Turn the pockets inside out. God, if you search me to see if I have any wicked way in me. Wicked way is trying to preserve your own life. 
God, I don't have it. Trust me. You know, check me out. See what's in there. So your faith then becomes an investment in times of uncertainty. When you're uncertain about an outcome on something, your faith becomes your investment for a good outcome. And if you trust God with your future, you'll use your faith at all times. Not just here and there, but have it out there all the time. Trusting him causes us to withdraw from fear. So fear takes a back seat when your faith, you put your faith in the driver's seat. You put your faith in the driver's seat. So here in Mark 4 again. They see Jesus asleep in a pillow. They woke him up. Accuse him of not caring about him. Probably after they ate a big happy meal somewhere. See God can bless you in the morning and by noon you didn't turned on him again. Because the devil stepped in there and said something stupid or did something. Or he got you over in the flesh and... You know, you you remember you you the last time you were at, at work, somebody was mean to you. And you you know you trust God. Oh Lord, I worship you. Listen to your tapes. To you, turn the ignition off and get out the door and go into work and get ugly with the first person, huh? Because the devil jump on you, huh? The first person you see is that person that was ugly with you the last time you were there, and you didn't forgive them, huh? Supposed to do that instantly. When you're offended. Huh? You didn't forgive him. You just carried it over and the devil jumped on it. The minute you got in the door. Huh? All the time. That's why it's best to walk in the spirit. To walk in love. That means every step you take. You don't take a step in the flesh. You don't take a step outside the love of God. You walk in love at all times. So here Jesus. They come and accuse him. And he arose and he first took care of their fear. The first thing Jesus will do is to address your fear. Same thing the preacher does when you come up to the altar. They want to address your fear but you want to pretend you don't have any. True that. Think you're hiding it from somebody. It's always visible. And he gives speaks to the ocean and it says and it tells it peace be still and the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he says why are you so fearful how is it that you have no faith in other words how is it that you have no faith in God in Luke in that account we read earlier in Luke he asked them plainly where is your faith what are you doing on this boat how dare you get on a boat and go anywhere without faith I don't care if I'm in this boat with you you don't roll with me unless you're using faith to get where we're going see Jesus knew they weren't in faith when they got in the boat because he didn't detect any on them. Pat them down. Pat everybody down when they get on the ship. Nobody's got faith. They just want the free ride. We expect our blessing to come out of nowhere. We expect our blessing to come because we were Jesus. We expect to get over there but we're not using our faith. See in due season the disciples would learn to use their faith for everything. Because they can after Jesus 
ascended to heaven and they had the Holy Spirit and they had to do the ministry of Jesus they had to use their faith for everything they had to use their faith to stay alive they had to use their faith to not get beaten when they had a meeting they had to use their faith for everything so while they were with him he was teaching them how to walk by faith that means use your faith for everything everything I don't care if it's to pay a bill and you got money for the bill you use your faith anyway I don't care if it's to to keep a relationship together and you've been together 40 years you need your faith anyway Huh? And so these things are very, very important to please God. If you please Him, then He will give you what you desire. If you don't please Him, you're going to have a hard time getting it. You can never be so cool. You know, a lot of people say, Well, I'll be glad when I get enough money. Maybe I won't have to pray so hard. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Or they'll use their faith. To, to say if you you got to go to the conference you, you put your seed down the rest of the money doesn't come in somebody else pays it I'll be glad when I can pay my own way oh you can pay your own way yeah yeah faith you pay mine too I'll be glad when you get the way I, you can pay mine too but your request was that you be able to do what God put in your life to do not that you pay your own way you don't tell God how to bless you and most people who are short don't use their money for what it's supposed to be used for anyway. <laughs> but just an aside. Sure. I've seen it. God, people pray for more money for the conference. They get an extra $20. Go spend it on something else. They don't pay it on, on what they're supposed to pay it on. So God pays it off for you through somebody else to show you he wants you to get there. <laughs> put it in the right perspective he's not stupid he knows what he's doing so the disciples are trying to please God without faith and they find out they can't do it because when their lives get in jeopardy they fall apart just like other mere humans would do when their lives are in jeopardy see when trouble comes or when difficulties come what's inside of us manifests on the outside you know and I'm not saying your faith won't waver you know there's some bad news that that we know will shake us you know bad news you don't want to come but you can overcome it God can prepare you to be able to overcome it if you have put your trust in God if you're new at this you're going to have a hard time you might struggle a little bit I can remember <clears throat> there were there was a minister that was sick he had cancer and you know had to have surgery and all these kinds of stuff and and they thought they were in faith and weren't you know and you could see it and and they were saying things like well you know when when trouble comes you got to have this in you you just can't it can't be a new thing to you when trouble comes well if it is a new thing to you god can still honor your faith you got me and you're not going to go under because you're not there to prove what you know you're there to get better baby keep yourself focused on trusting god and listening to what he tells you so that you can get your healing well when God heals me it's going to be a big test you ain't you don't know that yet you get healed first and then we'll talk about the testimony you understand what I'm saying it's like come on now let's not get the cart in front of the horse huh any good banker will tell you that 
you know bankers will you know well you need a down payment oh i know i'm gonna get it you know god told me yeah well get the money first and come back in and we'll talk you know don't tell me about what all this supernatural stuff is you got to show me the money you show me what's going on but this is the good fight of faith folks that's why it's called a good fight because we always win this one huh when we react in fear we're saying that we acknowledge that our future is uncertain huh and shrinking back into more fear is always the wrong response you don't ever let fear dominate you if you can't say anything more than just the name of Jesus you break that fear off of you and you begin to thank God for the next piece of the puzzle you thank him for the next part the next answer and we need to put fight the good fight by putting all of our faith in God and then the proper response to fear in an uncertain future is really not to just put just baby faith in God but to put it all in there you know this is the time that you you double down you know as they say in gambling y'all know what that means act like you don't know what I'm talking about throw all the marbles in huh? this is for all of the marbles you don't just trust him a little bit but you put everything on the line when you when you uh, believe in God and go all the way with him you're, go, you're all in you don't have anything left for yourself where you're trusting in your own natural ability but you put everything over in trusting God and trust me it won't be long before he comes through with your miracle and yes yeah, somebody sent us a check to replace that ten thousand dollars amen because when you double down on God and you let him you're all in for him you don't have anything left you're not holding anything back you're not trying to protect anything you're not trying to work it out yourself you say, God we're going forward we're having the conference we're not going to stop we're not going to shrink back we're not going to give up we're just going to keep going forward when you do that God sees you're all in and you don't have anything left where you're trying to work it out yourself and hold on to your own little natural security you let all of that go with trust in him and he'll come for you he'll help you he'll rescue you and he'll do more amen father in heaven we thank you for blessing us to know you know what we have in you and to be blessed because of your word and we thank you for it and we bless you for it lord in jesus name amen if anybody needs prayer come on up and i'll pray her for you i'll pray her for you we want